Hello, hello. Welcome to Tuckered Out with me, Ami Tucker. I hope everyone had a very lazy Thanksgiving as I did. We did nothing besides cook, eat, slept, didn't maybe shower, slept some more. It was awesome. I woke up one morning at like 9.30 a.m. That never happens, guys. Also, it's almost the end of the year and we have like two more episodes left. We hit 75. I cannot believe it. This year has just gone by. I'm very excited today to talk to my girl, Michelle Ranavath, who founded Ranavath, a global skincare line inspired by Indian beauty rituals in 2017. The award-winning line is known for its luxurious skin treatments and counts the world's top retailers, such as, you know, Neiman Marcus, Blue Mercury, and Credo as partners. Michelle and Ranavath have been consistently featured in publications, including Allure, Glamour, and Vogue, where my girl was named one of the top 50 influential global Indians. And you know what? I'm not surprised. This girl is a badass boss. And I know it's kind of cliche to say, but it's so true. She is beautiful inside and out. I mean, the girl's skin, her hair, her products work, guys. They are also a partner with the Desai Foundation, who we have worked with and chatted with, so that's kind of exciting. And I'm doing my first live IG session thingy with Michelle. She convinced me I need to try it, so I'm going to do it this week. Stay tuned. I hope you guys enjoy my interview with Michelle Ranavat. So you grew up, where did you grow up? Did you grow up in Wisconsin? Because you went to the University of Wisconsin. Yes, but then I also did, I mean, grow up, I would say, combo between Wisconsin and Chicago's suburb. So I was born there. And then eventually um, my whole family moved when I was in like second grade or something. Okay, got it. So you moved to Chicago then, and then you ended up going to University of Wisconsin. So growing up, you know, we all, I grew up in a Gujarati household. You did as well. Was it the typical conversations of becoming a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or is that something you actually wanted to do? So it's interesting. I think within our family, like I I feel like we don't actually have that many doctors. So I think that pressure was kind of never there, but we do have a lot of like business people. I mean, Guju, I think that's part of the culture as well. And so part of our DNA. Yeah, it's like our DNA. So my dad actually met my mom because both of their parents had chemical companies in India. And so I think I just kind of like grew up around whether it be, you know, and I mean, literally everyone in my dad's family is an engineer and also like turned business person. Not a lot of creativity there. And then on my mom's side, she's actually an interior designer and she used to work at a printing press. So she's kind of like the creative person in me. So when I think about packaging and brand, I I feel like my mom's like coming through. But growing up, I mean, I honestly just kind of, I never, I, I liked it. Like I wanted to actually do what our family was doing. So I I really was always interested in engineering, just like all of my cousins. And I was always like sort of always thinking in the back of my mind, like, 
ooh, would this be a good business idea? And I never felt that pressure because I just genuinely kind of enjoyed that and felt at home in that way. And then I think my parents were honestly way too busy, like working. I don't think never like I had a weird, they never checked my homework. They never like, you know, looked at my grades that much. And they, you'd really, I feel because the Neil's family, they like, you know, you'd be like, where's the, you you got a 99. Where's like the one point. Yeah. What I do sometimes now to myself, I'm like, Oh, you got something wrong. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. My parents were so busy. They never cared. And I think- Do you have older siblings? No, I'm the oldest. And I felt like okay. I was just kind of like left out to just like figure it out. And, you know, even like applying to college and like taking all these tests, like my parents weren't like, oh, you need to study for your SAT. Like I just had to like realize that on my own and like figure it out. And I don't think I, I mean, I didn't do that well. And I feel like my sisters, because they saw me, they were able to like, oh yeah, you have to study for this thing. It's like my parents just never guided me on it because they were so busy. But I mean, looking back on it, I'm like, well, I guess they're kind of guidance in terms of, well, one, figuring things out on your own was helpful. And then two, like watching them grow their business, obviously like played a huge part. So they definitely like shepherded me in a different way. But man, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know like grades would count or something towards something. That's awesome. Well, you're lucky that you had that influence from your parents because obviously that's what's guiding you now. I also think with older siblings, because I'm the second child, I just feel like with the older siblings, par- the parents are more just like, you'll. we assume you guys are more responsible than mm-hmm. us anyways. And like you guys, well, my brother was for sure. You know, like he, when he went to the doctor, he, engineer, then doctor. So he checked it all off the yeah. list. And then, and then with me, my parents were like, just survive. It's fine. Yeah. Even with me, the SATs, I like, I came back with a very below average Indian score, of course. And then I attempted organic chemistry my freshman year at UT, got, barely got a C and I was like, so there goes my medical career. I mean, whatever. It's it's fine. I mean, really positive anyway. I mean, I feel like same thing. Like I, I did the same sort of, I wanted to become a chemical engineer and I like took the, I mean, I still ended up being an engineer, but yeah, I think it's good to to listen and deviate and do kind of what your path is because I look back and I'm like, oh man, I actually like learned so much more of what I actually wanted to learn ultimately. Right. So I'm like, I'm glad right. I had those early failures, I guess, if you even want to call it that. Totally. No, I. it took me a while to figure out my path because I had no guidance whatsoever. Like never, it was never a go, go into media or journalism. Like that was never even a conversation in our house. Well, right? I think that's like what I feel like you're blazing the path for that, especially now, because more and more, be- I mean, if you look at like the next generation after us, it's like, I mean, you almost feel like, man, you guys like it's pretty good out there. You could say, uh-huh. I know when I see all these kids, I'm like, it's awesome, but I so wish I had what they have. I know. You know? I'm sure they're going to have like different issues that come up for them, like every generation. Right. Them, but like, to even have a skincare, I mean, even between like the four years that I started Ronavat, like talking about a culture, especially Indian culture in mainstream beauty, the reaction is very different in year one versus like now after the like movement of George Floyd and all of these things that have happened and like people have opened up to cultures more. One example of the changes, like my kids bring Indian food to lunch, which like literally you would just never have anyone to sit next to if you actually did that. 
I would like hide my Indian food in my lunch. Like when my mom gave me tepala for lunch, I'm like, dude, there's no way. Like I'm already awkward as yeah, it is. Exactly. Like, don't do give me something me. else to like be different about. And dude, like he right. loves it and no one says anything. And it's just like so interesting that that type of thing is not even a thought for him versus I know. us would be like, okay, basically that's like, social um suicide <laughs> i know seriously and it's and i want to we'll get we'll get back to that but it's so interesting that just in four years that you launched it's, it's changed so much four years is not that long ago no you know? it's really not and i think in some ways when i think about the trajectory like there's some companies in the beauty space that in four years are already sold and acquired and these massive companies and you know when i look at that first of all like that's never been like a, a necessarily like Goal. I'm not gonna say that maybe that maybe that will happen, but right. I just think it's you realize as you go through this journey that like certain things need to take time because had I right. like I think all of this that has happened in just the world, even with COVID, even with George Floyd and and really just like the cultural shift that's been happening, right. it's like all of those things need to happen. So like you know, when you think about your journey, oftentimes you feel like, oh, well, you, you think of it in a vacuum, but the reality is like, there's certain things that need to come your way and you need time for that. Totally. Things need to happen as they may kind of thing. And that's, th that's the only way you are where you are at this point. It couldn't have happened any other way. Right. You know, both you and I are now in our forties, even though we look like no, we're so good. We're people saw us we're so out cool. together. I know. They'd be like, oh, you guys are so awesome. I love the idea of starting your own business what, or whatever that may be later in life. And I have air quotes because- Yeah, 40 is still young. It's, yeah, it's, it's just ridiculous nowadays to even think you should have all your shit together by the time you're 35, right? Like this whole pressure of 30 under 30 or whatever it is. I agree like, with that. I'm glad that shift is happening and I'm glad people like us are able to talk about it, you know? Because- Guess what? It's fine when you're 25 and you don't know what you're doing or you haven't built an empire because most people haven't. Yeah. It's I okay. Agree. And it's not, I think there's just a, with social media and just the ability to kind of look and see and feel left out, I think right. becomes even more of a focus that right. you need to have done certain things at certain times. And yeah, it's absolutely not true. I actually, you know what I appreciate, Michelle? I love the fact, I mean, I've done... I don't, I've had 12 different careers, which is why this is called tuckered out. But I love the fact that I've kind of not failed so much, but just tried and mm -hmm. it didn't work out. Now you can look, I can look back at this and be like, oh, well, I actually gained something from that moment. I mean, like, 100%. if I had become like this big badass at 25, I don't know. I feel like that's not, not, it's not an interesting journey. No, I agree. And I also think like when, where you want to go is very multifaceted. Like if for me, I get this question a lot. Um, I'm actually going back to University of Wisconsin on next Monday and like talking to engineers. And a big question that I always get is like, how did you make the switch from engineering into beauty? And I always say, like, I literally never made a switch. Like, I use my engineering background every single day, especially with supply chain and logistics and running a business. I use the finance, like, when I was at Lehman Brothers. Like, yeah, like, that company went bankrupt. And, then, you know, you could always look at that as say, like, oh, well, you got laid off from this, like, sinking ship. But it's like, no, I actually took something really valuable. Hey, Michelle, don't worry. I was at Enron. So. Oh, my God. Okay, good. We have a lot more in common than I thought. I mean, I've been there. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes like you need to see things go wrong to like, especially I feel like with us, it's like you just want to succeed at everything you do. So like I literally would have stayed 
at Lehman for a long time, like not really realizing that that wasn't my true passion. So any sort of like step in whatever direction to get to where I am today, like I don't think I could have ever skipped any one of those. And I feel like that's really important for people to know as they are going through life. Um, And then also like really be picky about what you're planning to do. And if you're not there yet, like it's okay. Because I remember in my earlier 30s, that's when I saw like a lot of people launch different companies. And I was like, Oh, I already, I always knew I was going to do it. And I I didn't do it yet. And that's when I was having like babies and all that. And I kind of was like down on myself about it, but I just didn't have that like idea or interest yet. And had I forced myself to come up with something then, you know, I don't know how the story would be written. So I, everything happens at the right time after experiences that you need to go through. I actually think, and I've talked to Ami Desai about this. I actually think for, for me personally, I don't, and this is all personality based, but I don't, I think I needed the family and kids and all that kind of settled for me. And I know that sounds old school and I'm okay with it. I'm okay admitting it. And people may think it's weak, whatever you want to say. I just needed that. That was my, that's my stability. That's where I stay grounded. That's my like happy place. And now that I, you know, once I've had, once I accomplished that or whatever you want to say, I feel like now I'm able to do anything. No, and I don't think, to me exactly. I don't think I could have done it in reverse where I was focusing on the career and the family and kids thing came later. I don't think, no, I think for me, really hard. I mean, I would a hundred percent agree with you. I think I felt the exact same way. And I actually think I didn't, kind of come up with what I was passionate about. I remember I came up with it. It popped in my head after Aiden and I was on my second kid and I was on maternity leave. And I felt like this fog had been lifted of like, cause even after the first kid, you're like, okay, I'm going to have a second. So in your mind, like, you're just kind of like, I'm still crossing things off my list. And so after the second one, I honestly feel like it was this like fog that lifted from my head, this like idea popped in. And then I was like, boom. And it actually saved me because I think, as you know, having two kids as well, like that's a really tough point when you have two like babies I mean, the first one's hard because you're figuring it out. The second one is like, oh my gosh, you already have so much to do. And I poured myself like whatever energy that I had, which wasn't much, but I poured it into this company and I felt like I was doing something for myself. And that felt really good because it felt like it's exactly what I needed at that time to like feel right, feel good. We literally live parallel lives because second child, Kyla was six weeks. I kind of was like, I'm done trying to... And we moved around a lot, right? So yeah. I was trying to find jobs everywhere I went. So hard. I was like, I'm actually done finding jobs. I need to do something for myself now. And that's when the podcast launched. I love it. So it was the same same kind of like fog lifted. I'm like, I'm done with this. I have two kids. I need to do something for myself. I can't just be a mother and a wife yeah. and moving around with my husband, you know? And so exact same thing. I, I needed that to happen in order for this to happen. I love it. No, I really, that's so funny that like, We've gone through this. And I think a lot of people go through it and I get messages because yeah. I think a couple of the products in the line are like very much inspired by postpartum. And so I get a lot of messages from like new moms and just like the way that even like they're not talking about how they feel, even in the questions that they ask, like, it's like, I don't feel like myself or, you know, these like certain things that like, I just say I relate to it because I'm like, look, I've been right. there. Like I have been there when you're like, how did all this happen to me? How did my life right. become about 
not me and just just trying to survive and keep these little kids alive and like when am I going to get myself back kind of feeling? Totally. Oh my God. That's a whole other podcast. I feel like seriously, what happened to me? How am I? Yeah. <laughs> all, all those things. Martha was like, please do whatever you need to do. Like just <laughs> like you, so you went to University of Wisconsin, you went to Tufts to get yeah. your master's in engineering, Lehman Brothers, like you mentioned. Then you were at Chem Impex, yes, I think for like nine years, eight, nine years. Yeah. So that's actually my dad's company. Oh, Okay. Very cool. That's how was working with your dad? Um, it was awesome. Honestly, so it's funny, like growing up as as you may relate to this as well, it's like we didn't have like a fancy summer camp. Like people these days, like the stuff that you grow, I'm like, we didn't have it. My summer camp was literally being at my dad's office and like helping pack orders. Okay. And like being in this warehouse. And Aww. I actually like look back on that and I see my little warehouse right now. And I just like I feel at home because like, that's how I grew up. And I think, um, you know, working with my dad, it's like, you know, we're family, but like every family vacation would be like, we'd meet his customers or the summers you'd be packing orders. And like, it was just like what we did as a family. Like, yeah, he was like running the business, but I just felt like we were also like invested and our lives were kind of like circling around like this thing that we, I don't know, that we like did together. And so after, the stint in finance, he was kind of like, well, you've never really used your engineering degree. Like, I think you would really enjoy it. Like, let me just teach you something. And I think he always loved the idea of like, you know, passing something down. And, but he never like put it on me. He kind of was, he is of the mindset of like, if you force someone to do something, they're going to rebel. He's like, I just was like waiting for the the time that you figured it out. And so, I mean, it took like a bankruptcy to get there, but I mean, I did. And I joined the company. And I, I honestly learned so much. And like everything that I learned has been integral in starting this business. And I, it's like a train, like you were training already. I right? was, And I didn't even know that. And I think I like literally just smile to myself. Cause I like walk around and I say the same stuff that my dad says, like, Oh my gosh, we have so, you know, this like order's not going out or this like back order. And like, that's like the stuff that I grew up with. And it's almost like, even when we grew up in Indian households, like you're making tape before a trip and you literally feel like <laughs> your life is like repeating itself. Like that's how I feel. Um, oftentimes. Totally. God. It feels like yeah. so good. Like there's something it does. about it. So I loved working with them. And I think we, you know, working with family is always challenging, but I don't think it really was for us. And I don't know, it just, it was really great. I think I was just just like allowed to do my own thing and he was focused on, um, you know, other things. And and so I got to go to the factories. I got to see the sourcing. I got to um, really experience quality. And then that was like around the same time, you know, where I was like having kids and kind of figuring out. And then one time, one day I was like, well, you know, I started the company. So I actually was like new mom. Then I did, I worked for six months at both. So like at night I would do my Ranavat stuff. And at day, like daytime, I would do my dad's stuff. And then at some point I was like, okay, dad, like we have to go to India and like source this stuff and figure it out. And he's like, okay, I'll come with you. Like I dropped the kids off at my mom's. Um, and he went, and then I was like, dad, you know, I'm going to like quit. Right. And he's like, wait, yeah, of course. He's like, this whole time, like I wasn't just, you know, wanting you to come to be a part of my dream. He's like, the whole point, my dream was for you to learn so you could do your own thing. And then I was like, just in that moment, I was like, wow, that's, 
amazing that I have like your blessing to do. That's a father. That's a father right there. Mm-hmm. And like now you can look back at those times, like how amazing that you got to spend all that time with him and, and yeah. your mom and, and your family, right? Like that's pretty special. Well, I, I think that it honestly gave me nothing to lose because when I was like in that car and I like still remember, like we were in the South of India and I was in the car with my dad and I just felt, and he was like going to all these like beauty meetings. Like if you know him, he's like, bald guy like he's just not but he was into it like he was like trying to learn and ask questions and I just remember that like connection that I felt with him and that moment and I was like if this company is a zero this memory of us is priceless and like if anything that company gives me if it gave me this moment then I am so grateful and it was worth it and I think because I set the bar at that level it was like anything else that would happen it was like great but like I don't care. Like I just, I, I feel yeah. like I, I got what I wanted out of it, which was this like, right. bond and this moment. And a great training, by the way. Yeah. And so your dad must be super psyched about Ranavath now. He is. Sure. He's so funny because he always, so he, as I said, he's bald and he will put like this hair serum and he's like, tell, I, you know, I use your products every day. And I'm like, dad, I would love for you to be a spokesperson, but it's kind of more, for like hair health, but it's good for scalp. Oh, but it be, you should, you should totally do it on social media. People would love I know, it. Be I, amazing. I mean, it's all in good fun, but he like actually uses the products, which like makes me really happy too. But yeah, I think he likes it. I think it's just like, you know, he, his dad did his business and he did it and he's watching his dad. And I feel like they never, they don't like over compliment ever. Like they're kind of like, okay, right. okay. But then they don't like, they still appreciate. They're like, oh, that's amazing. I'm proud yeah. of you. But are like, they're not like, I don't know. It's like the, the South. They're still, not, look, they're still Indian parents. Yeah. Like they're not going to over compliment because that's not their style. But we know, but we know they love them. We know they're proud. We know. Yeah. On a side note, I didn't know you were a professional dancer. Yeah. Oh my God. I danced I read that for many, many years. Uh, oh, that's nice. Know, like Pyle and those girls. Actually, that's it. how I know yeah. you because that's how I met Parl. Is that we danced oh. together in Sa. That's like we had a little stint where like Parl was in New York and we danced together and then went in Sa with Pyle. And it's it's so interesting, like when I look at culture and how that played a part in my life, like dancing, right? All of my friendships, like I mean, even to this podcast here right now, like you can connect it to like something like that. And I feel like it's so interesting. Like I never thought of it. Um, but all of my best, best friends have come out of I don't know, the, my dance experience. Actually, you know, even Amisha did a dancing together. Oh, nice. So it, are you yeah, guys, is Sa still around? Are you guys still doing it? Sa's still around. Um, I personally am not because I do actually want to get back into dance. Like I think I'm probably, we'll see. Um, okay. I just like have zero time, but time. I think it's always going to be a part of my life and something that I can work towards to be like, okay, I want to get back to doing it. Yeah. That's awesome. I've never actually seen you guys perform live. I've obviously heard of Saw. I actually think I'd move right when you guys started performing in New York. But anyways, this was, I read that I was like, wait, she was, what was she dancing for? I totally forgot. Cause I always call myself a, a professional dancer. I'm really not, obviously I am like at a bar at 2am. I mean, moves are pretty good. Uh, they, they got a little, they're getting a little shakier now, my friend. Um, okay. Ranavath, 2017. 
a cheesy podcast question. Do you do you remember the day you decided I'm doing this now? Like, was it you said you had a second kid? Were you just like, okay, this is it? I'm going into beauty. I I'm going to focus on Ayurvedic Ayurvedic ingredients. When did you know all that? I kind of do remember the day because I was in my kitchen and my mother-in-law had just come back from India and she, and I had been ideating, like I came up with a couple of funny ideas, like, like, you know, kids don't sleep on planes. And I'm like, I should create a nutrition bar that has like sleep inducing herbs in it. So you give it to your kid and they fall asleep, like stupid ideas like that. So I was like coming up with like, stuff. So with I a was bunch of like melatonin in there. It's totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Good thing I didn't pursue that. But yeah. anyway, I had these ideas. And so I was in the moment of ideating. So I think that's kind of important because like my mindset was sort of in that space. And then my mother-in-law comes back from India and I've always been into beauty, just like sort of on the side, like never anything that I would consider remotely professional, but dancing, everyone would ask me to do their makeup. And they would ask me about like, oh, what should I put on my skin? Like, so I was always like into it and sort of known as like a that, pseudo expert. Does that come from your mom or does it come from your mom or grandmother no, or mom, anyone in your family? Okay. Into beauty. And my sisters are not, it was so random. I think my grandfather is like very into perfumes and he would just collect all these soaps and perfumes. And so I think it's like from him that uh, okay. maybe that's where I got it from. But I was just always like self interested and self-taught in that way but somehow it was like good enough where people would always come to me which I loved because I was right. passionate about it and I remember the day I was like in my kitchen and my mother-in-law comes in she's like and she's an esthetician so she works in the skincare field and she was like oh my god I just went to India and like I got this like Ayurvedic facial and I have melasma and like this like nothing has worked better and then I was like wait what like there's this whole thing and I just like the light bulb went off and I started just ordering all of this stuff on Amazon and I did research and I just like couldn't find the product out there and I couldn't find the right quality. And then I realized like, wait, this is kind of a sourcing manufacturing problem that I kind of know how to do. So that's when my dad and I like that kind of happened in September. And by November, we were like on a plane to New York or to India. That's amazing. So tell me, tell me about that process. So you went to India. How did you know where to go? Is that where you built your team? So India was like, I just did a ton of research before going. So there's this okay. Ayurvedic conference that they had. And so we built our trip basically around that conference. So that conference just was like a ton of knowledge. And they had like, you know, a couple seminars on skincare and ingredients, Ayurvedic ingredients for skin. So I was like, okay, right. let's go to that. And there's going to be vendors and suppliers there. So they have like a whole fair with vendors and suppliers. And I didn't really meet anyone that I'm working with now there, okay. but it was great to like get a lay of the land. Like all of the Ayurvedic and natural ingredient suppliers in India, many of them were at this event. So it was really easy for me to just like get a quick lay of the land. So then I did that. And then I, I basically did a ton of research Okay. Um, and scheduled this trip to many different cities. And I think my dad was like very instrumental in that too. Cause it's like, you know, I don't know like the distance between like Nagpur and Kolkata and like what needs to happen. And yes. so like, kind of help me. So like I did all the, these are the places that I want to go. And I did a ton of research on it. And then my dad was like, okay, we'll spend the night here. We'll do this. We'll get, right. he has an India office. So like for all of our plane tickets and inner transfers and everything, like he kind of took care of that. So we just like 
I mean, every right. day was like hitting it super hard. Uh, and then I went to like every comma and every force essential and like, you know, did every type of research that I could on what was existing in the market already. I right. mean, nothing was existing here in the US, which I thought was really interesting. But yet comma and force essentials are like gaining a ton of momentum. So I was like, oh, this is like super interesting. Wow. So when you entered the market, there was no other Ayurvedic beauty line. Well, I'm not going to say no, because there were definitely, okay. there's like a company called Pratima and Uma Oils. Like they were very like old school. I mean, old school in the sense that like they were there first. Right. But none of it was like mainstream. Like it wasn't right. like, oh, like you would talk to anyone on the street and they would like know this brand. It was super niche of like, if you're into you know, India, Ayurveda, or you know, the culture or any of that, right? Then you right. might know. And even then the products themselves are much more traditional and much more um, like Ayurvedic, Ayurvedic than what I had wanted to create. So I thought there was like a big white space for this, like one, I just like, I can't help myself, but make something luxurious. So I already knew that my positioning needed to be like really elevated, but two, I didn't want it to be like, like, for example, like this cream, you could just see it next to like a La Mer and be like, oh, that's a face cream. But you, you know, you don't have to right. like, it's not to feel like, oh, it's like very, you know, sandalwoody and very intense. Like, it's just, it's a normal cream. But if you look into it, you're like, oh man, there's like some really cool ingredients. So well, um, I think what you guys have done so well, and like you're saying is you, you've obviously used the Ayurvedic ingredients um, that Indians have used for a long time, but you've been able to maybe package it, market it, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So the Western world can understand it and appreciate it more. Right. Yeah. And I think it's because we, like even me and you, like we are part of the Western world. And so I think a lot of it was just like, well, Kama and Force Essentials are great. They're just very authentic, like Indian catered to like that market, right? Like even right, from like right. packaging perspective or like the scents or even like what the product does. So it's like, I kind of needed something for myself that was in between. And so really that's like where the right. whole line comes from. It's like something that I personally wanted to see. And then in terms of packaging, I just was so focused on like wanting it to fit in and look really beautiful. And I almost kind of like think back to like my school days and I just think about like how bad we wanted to fit in. And so, and, and so I think maybe that's like where that like desire came from was like, I just want to be on the right. same shelf as like, you know, Tata Harper or La Mer and like not look and feel different to be there. Right. Cause I think, I feel like growing up, there was these Ayurvedic products that you could use, but they were always at the Indian stores. And they were like, like you said, just packaged in a very, I don't mean to say this in a negative way, but in a very too Indian of a way where it wasn't appealing, at least to us, you know, you even though I know the products were good, the ingredients were good, the ideas behind it were good. It just wasn't, I just didn't want to put my money down for it. Well, actually, I think Ayurveda got a really bad rap and this is going to a lot of detail here, but like, the ingredients weren't that good. Like if you look okay. at certain things and oils that I will not name, but like they were more made with mineral oil and actually not coconut oil. And so when I used to go back, I'm like, this stuff doesn't work. Like give me my whatever, you know, and my Pantene. Cause like the shampoos and this like soaps, like they right. were not good. And I think that that's what Forest Essentials and Kama kind of did bring to the market was like, let's elevate this experience and actually right. show and put good ingredients so that- Quality. Yeah. So then now I think, I think that like 
whole step helped validate Ayurveda because I think it ended up first getting kind of a bad rap because the quality just wasn't put into it and there wasn't like a luxurious market for it. So if you're buying like a coconut oil for, you know, a dollar, like what are you really putting in it? And by the way, the customer like doesn't even care whether it actually is coconut oil or not. And so I think like that's why it got a negative rap. And And then I think the second piece of it is more like, yeah, that was like, cater to a very traditional market. I think Indians themselves, like in India even, have sort of like evolved into maybe a more modern aesthetic. And so now you can see that happening. But yeah, there's so there's like a lot of movement in like the Indian market and how that has shifted. And then I think in the Western world, like we're just getting started in so many ways with like a turmeric cream, you know? That's that goes to my next question. So you know, for some people that don't know, what I, I know, I know the basics, but Ayurvedic ingredients. What what do you guys like to use at Ranavat, and like what is your favorite ingredient to kind of formulate with? Oh, saffron is like a hundred percent my okay favorite ingredient. So I'll show you. This is like our saffron okay. mask, and it has like floating okay. saffron buds in it. So for me, you know, I think it just goes back to like that luxurious positioning um right because that's what I want to use like when I'm using something like this works incredibly well it also feels like I'm putting something really special on too and it gives me this like cool experience so for me like when I think about ingredients like I'm definitely first and foremost thinking of efficacy right I need it to do something for my skin we talked about how old we are. I mean, I think we we need to use products at work. So first and foremost, I think that's important. And I only use my products. So I also like make it a point to know like whether some things are working, is working or not, because I'm that representation right. of it. Um, and so I love just using the best ingredients for the job. So if it's a like right. youth preserving cream, like anti-aging type thing, I will put in lots of adaptogens. We so send, I need all. I need all of it. I need to get all of it. Yes, totally. I need to send it to. You. It's like <laughs> I'm actually going to put it right now because I need it. Um, no, I got the yeah. I got the mighty majestic hair serum. I got oh, that. Yeah, so started using that. It's awesome. I've been needing. I mean, when I talked to you in Vegas, I you know talked about my hair and the and I follow you on social media and I, I love the points you make about thinning hair and just little things you need to do like the. Don't pull your hair back tight kind of thing. Oh and wash God, your hair less. Hurt me a lot. Yeah. So I'm doing all of those. But the one thing I haven't been doing is putting the oils in my hair. And so I've started that recently just like doing The most. And right. I noticed like for me, because my hair like, hasn't been like this long, but like when I stopped putting my hair back a lot, and that was like when I was kind of going back to dancing. Right. In dance, you like tighten your tighten. hair. So, right. Like, right. I think a lot of it kind of, and I didn't realize like why my hair was thinning there because of that. But I noticed like over time, and then especially like with kids, like, you know, in postpartum, everything is like, whatever you were going through is like times 10. So that's when I like put two and two together that man, like I cannot be sleeping in these like tight buns. Like I never would have my hair down. Like it was always up. Right. And so I realized that man, same, same. This is like lifestyle stuff, right? You can't go to the gym once a month and be like, "Hey, I'm going to have a six pack." Like you have to do healthy habits every day, (sighs) such that over time. And like, same thing for hair. It's not. I mean, as much as I think hair oiling helps in terms of immediate effect, 
if you're going to do it once versus like religiously every week and then adding all the lifestyle stuff, which is like, you know, don't tie your hair back too tight. Don't do this. Don't do that. Like when you combine all of those things, you re- it really does like make a difference. And I think right. one thing that people comment about, which we could talk about is I was like, oh, well, good hair is genetic to Indian people. Like why, you know, of course you're going to have good hair. And I'm like, no, Indian That's people not go through thinning and hair problems too. Like you can't just like say that because I'm Indian, I've never had a hair problem. Like that doesn't. We have I, great I, body hair. I mean, that's, yeah, that's one true. thing that we're fantastic at. Just, so you you can't beat us with that. But other than that, that, I know. Okay. So this might be hard for you to, to answer. But if you had to pick, can I say favorite product? I know you love all of them. But oh, like yeah. no, the can. holy grail of your product line, what would you say it was? And then two, if someone had to come, you know, come to Ranavath and say, I want a daily regimen, what would you say? The number one is saffron serum. Like I cannot okay. stress that product enough. Like it changes my skin. And even if I forget, like if I, even I run out. And by the way, in- everyone listening, I'm not saying this because she's my guest. I saw Michelle last month, her skin, like I want to oh, lick it. So you. it's, it's definitely, and she wasn't wearing any makeup. So yes, oh, continue. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even wearing anything today, but it doesn't, maybe I feel like my bags are not selling my product right now. Because no, I you're, no because you look fantastic. Event. Um, but no, so saffron serum, like I can even put it on, okay. it's in my other room. I would put it on, it just, immediate wake up like you just look you legitimately look brighter and I think it is because like that orange okay. tint that, like, actually makes you look brighter. but over time it really sort of gives you a nice even complexion so if I were okay. to say one product and that's it's interesting it's the most expensive product that we sell it also sells the most out of anything that we have in the line and so I think that that says a lot about this product right is that people really see the value in it. And like, I get it because I use it, but of course, like it means a lot when I'm seeing other people feel the same way. And then in terms of um, like a full regimen, like, so I have, we put together two different sets. We have like a brightening edit and then we have a complexion edit. And basically complexion is like your, you know, cleanse tone, you know, serum hydrate type of situation. And it's like, literally, if you do not understand skincare and you just want to get something right. that's gonna be everything you just you buy that and you're good okay. um the brightening edit is more catered towards people with hyperpigmentation um and then it also has a hair oil and the mask so it's more for like i would say like oilier skin where you don't need like a ton of hydration because i think the bakuji cream is nice for it but that's not included in the ritual it's like very one is brightening focus and two it's experiential so it has like it's a person that wants to like do the hair mask, do the face mask weekly, like maybe want some more. That might be me. I have oily skin. So yeah, you should the brightening. I mean, if you want, I feel like it's like hyperpigmentation. You want to go brightening at it, dry skin. You want to go complexion at it. If you're somewhere in between, I mean, of course, like I think every product is so good and worthy that like, right. Right. And we have a set for that too. Yeah. I look, no, you don't have to sell me a girl. You can, I just see your face and I'm sold. I mean, and also on a side note, I, my family, my mom has always been into Ayurveda. So like, that's been part of like my conversation growing up. Right. So I'm automatically drawn to anything yeah. to do with Ayurveda. And again, I, I got to ask because I, I am so excited for you and any South Asian woman that 
is able to build her own business like this. I know it's a lot of work. How does it feel? You're an entrepreneur. Like you have your own business. Isn't it fucking awesome? It, it kind of is. I'm not going to lie. But yeah. I also don't like. Not saying I it's see, easy. I, I know this is, there's a lot, I, I a lot like, behind it. A lot of like glamorization of entrepreneurship, but. I honestly do feel like everyone is capable. If this is what you want to do, there's no reason that like I should be doing it and you wouldn't be like every single person is capable. I will say like the lows are harder. Like, you know, I'm going to compare this to childbirth or like labor pains or whatever. Like you hear that's going to be hard to like have a newborn. You have that kid and you're like, wait, this was like having a kid. Like this is way harder than like, I ever imagined. Yep. Like I still like, yeah, like have a kid. Everyone does it. And yep. then you, nope. you get there and you're like, this actually is a lot of work. Well, so you have no idea until you get there. You have no idea until no, you're yeah. like going through it. Yeah. Everyone's babies are hard and kids are hard. I'm like, just wait till you have one. <laughs> wait till you have one. It's yeah. actually really hard. It's mind-blowingly like... hard. Yes. For so sure. that's how I feel about business. It's like, it is actually very similar to, you know, the, the childbirth. It's like you so much harder than you think, but then the kids really rewarding and you're happy you did it. And you're the best thing you'll ever do at the end of the day. Right. That kind of thing. Right. Right. Okay. I got to brag about you a little bit because I mean, you're my friend and you're doing awesome. So, okay. You launched in the UK with cult beauty, as you mentioned, I mean, you have been mentioned in vote, like Vote Paris Vogue, you were in the business of fast fashion, right? Recently mm-hmm. as one of the US brand pioneering the Ayurveda beauty space. It's a big deal. Pa- you went to Paris Fashion Week? Went to Paris Fashion Week. I mean, can I come with you next time? Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll just, just give you, I'll, I'll make your chai for you. I promise. Uh, hello. That would be so epic if I had. Like, yes. We should just it. all, we're, we're all just going to follow you. I mean, even things like Haley Bieber has, uh, is using your products, yeah, right? Like, that this is crazy. Unpredictable and crazy that that happened. Yeah. Oh, is there any other upcoming projects, uh, products, or collabs that you can talk about? There's so much. I mean, I can't talk specifically about it, okay. but I can definitely say, look, 20, whatever we're in, 21. <laughs> I don't even know at this point. Wow. Um, <laughs> it's been so hard in terms of newness. And I think as a company, we've grown so much and we're really just like i've got to make sure the back end is like perfection before we start pumping out some newness but i will just share that like the ideas are off the charts like i feel like i have so much that i want to do hair is a specific category that i'm like obsessed with as you know and as if anyone follows my social media you know it's i like, mean like, your hair is- and by the way on a side note uh i i saw one of your posts and i, I don't Correct me if I'm wrong. I think someone had messaged or wrote uh, on your page uh, that it was a wig that you were wearing. Yeah, I get this question all the time. Are you? To me, I'm like blown away. I'm like, are you kidding me, guys? Like, how is that? How? Wh- why? Why are you? The two biggest things I get, like in terms of negative comments, it's always like your hair is fake. So whether it's like wig or extension. And the second thing is they just say it's all genetics. And it's like, you can't just like make a blanket statement. Like you don't know me. Like you don't know my genetic makeup. Like you're making an assumption. And yeah, so I I like to point it out just because I think one, it does like get to me. Like I get tired 
Yeah. Do you think that I created this? I mean, I think I take it too personally because it's just some random. It's hard. It's hard not to. Do you think that I'm like a liar that I like created this whole product and then put a wig on? I'm like, are you crazy? How how can you even, how can people even think that anyone can get away with it nowadays? Like if that was a wig that you had, I mean, you're going to get, like, people are going to find out. The whole thing like, is just, just like, ridiculous. It just doesn't make any sense. And I think it's more just like, okay, how can you bring this person down? I will say this is interesting. I do, I feel like there's some, sometimes it's like South Asian community will say things about, and I'm like, interesting. Oh, girl, I don't think I, I, by the way, I have mentioned, this has been a topic with a lot of guests about how there's a lot of talk within the South Asian community to support each other. But in turn, it feels like, do we really? Well, okay. So I'll give an example. On the cult beauty launch, one of the comments, which as you can tell, I literally trolled every side, looked, and I was like, what are the comments? One person was like, um, oh, I hate these types of Ayurvedic fairy tales. And it was a South Asian person. I'm just like, Really? We have a South Asian brand launching on a major platform. Like either just keep that to yourself or just be supportive of the fact that like we're here, you know, like we need to be supporting each other. And like, that's not the type of comment that we need. And people read them like I'm reading your comments. So I know it just looks like you're putting something on a, you know, feed that has like 1.8 million followers and or whatever they have. And it's like, you're not right. No, everyone pays attention, be supportive. And so I'll say that on the other side, which is like, even if you've like never bought the product and you don't really, whatever it is, like if you want to see a South Asian brand and company succeed like even just a simple positive comment on social media actually helps like right. just like it's easy to kind of like bring someone down it's also just that easy to like uplift and so i just like encourage people to realize that their words actually matter it's not just going into the ether like people are reading so just do something good with it yeah people are affected by this i know i i yeah i there's that's a again a whole other podcast that we should we should do few more questions before we close this out, even though I have, t- I can talk to you for like another hour. These are my, 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 my ending cheesy podcast questions about you and your goals. So is there a dream that you want to accomplish that you haven't yet, or like a person you want to work with that you haven't, uh, something that is yeah. kind of in the cl- iCloud of Michelle's brain? Yeah. Sabiasachi would be numero uno on that list. Okay. All right. I'm just obsessed with his, I mean, just like the craftsmanship and luxurious vibe. And like, he's someone that like, I mean, I just love his work and I think collabing with him would be iconic. So awesome. that's what I would put in, in my manifestation book. Okay. Um, the second thing is interestingly enough is India. And I think like, it's a very complex market. It's a market that if you're in a mainstream cosmetics world, you're really thinking about China. You're not yep. thinking about India because India is actually really, really tough as a non-Indian brand. I think we have this very secret, not secret, but like, you know, I think we have this like very strong connection. This is like my little top secret thing that we have where it's like, hey, boom, we could launch in India as like a native brand and really like, you know, it, it's a right. huge market. So a lot of people there. Yeah. A lot of people with yeah. a lot of spending power. So yeah. in my mind, I'm like, that's something that I want to tackle. But it has, to, I mean, it's, again, it's very complex. So it has to be done in the right way at the right time with the right partner. So. Right. Awesome. Okay. We're throwing it out there. It's going to happen. I'll just follow you around. You're in the beauty space. 
what is your relationship with aging now? Um, how do you how do you view aging? I love I love this question because it's something that I do like ask myself or struggle with sometimes. And I think with aging, I think it's hard. I think that's like the first thing to admit, right? It's like right. think that like when you're 20, you're never gonna get older or you're gonna be a different person. And you're not I think there's some part of you that does like sort of separate who you are from your outward appearance over time. And I think that's right. really important. And I think ultimately that's where happiness is. So even in your 20s, if you are able to separate your worth and your life from your appearance, I think you're in a really good place. And so I say the same thing when you get to 30, 40, 50 and beyond, same thing. That's right. like just a skill that we're all trying to work on. Um, it's not an easy- And that really is the ultimate goal in that's life. Cool. <laughs> Right. Like to separate that, to understand that you are your, your soul more so than anything else. More so than anything. And I think that that's huge. But of course, like, look, we're on social media, we're in the beauty space, or at least I am. And I think there's definitely this uh, pressure in in many ways, just internally, even I will say, like, who cares about what other people say? Honestly, Michelle, even if you're not in the beauty space, any of us who are doing any of this stuff feels pressure to feel 40 this year. All of this. Yeah. All of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think it's tough, but you know what I will say though, like it's, it's again, that muscle that you have to work on. And it's something that I try to be very conscious about. That's like, Oh, if I see like little something here, like my gray is kind of popping in, I don't like go in and change any of that on social media. I just kind of like leave it and do it. And I'm like, whatever, it's, it is who I am. And then I also think like, just because you're supposed to accept who you are, doesn't mean that you shouldn't take care of yourself. And so that's what I also have to say too, is like actually taking care of my hair and having good hair at 40 makes me feel really good. So like time well spent for me and like, great. So I think there's two ways about it. Just because I think people think like, Oh, just because you accept means that you have to not do anything to yourself. Right. That's totally. You shouldn't just like not take care of yourself. Like there's a whole in between where you could still work on separating, but right. like get the best skin that you can get at the level that you're at. Right. I totally agree with that. I've had arguments both ways with, with different women about how, you know, what, what's, what's the difference between being, being vain and then not caring and this and that. I'm like, just take care of yourself. Like, why not? Why not try to feel good on the outside as well? Well, I think it's you know? like working out, right? Like, I'm never going to be like an Olympic weightlifter. But like, does that right. mean I'm just like never going to lift a weight? Like, no, it's still actually right. good for me to work out and, you know, do like whatever. And I think that people just as like you can't be a professional just because your achievement can't be can't look, look 20 doesn't mean I should just give up. I mean, I think that with hair too, right. it's like, no, I'm not going to like give you a new head of hair and transplant, but you could still make what you have right. better. Why wouldn't you do that? Of course. Totally. I'm, totally. I'm so glad you said that. I mean, this is why I do push-ups while I'm dancing. I just kind of, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, oh my God, I was doing it in Vegas. And I, have a, I was sore for like a, a week. And, and then last kind of last question, because you are an entrepreneur and you've built this amazing business. I'm sure you have lots of pearls of wisdom, lots of advice. I feel like a lot of women are are trying to build their businesses and in the in the journey, a lot of them have burned out. So what would you say about if you had any advice or if you're at the point where you feel like you're burning out? I think you have to reconnect with the why question because inevitably right. 
I think burnout is something that you almost have to go through because you have to get to a point where you're, ex- you don't have resources. Like people be like, oh, just hire someone to do that. I'm like, no, I have no money to hire people to get rid of my problem. Right. So you're always, there's a time right. where like you can't, you just have to burn yourself. And I'm not going to say burnout is something everyone has to do, but you ultimately like the work has to happen, right? Until you right. become successful enough in the work that you did to then hire people to then leverage yourself and whatever. So I think in those tough moments that are inevitable, it's really kind of like connecting with the why. And for me, when I go on social, and honestly, I know we talked about mean comments, but like 99, well, especially all the comments on my page are very positive. And I love that. Like, I just got a message today from someone that I'm Latina. And like, I really connect with everything you have to say. And I love your products. And I'm just like, wow, I love that it's not it's like people from around the world getting excited about taking care of themselves and finding this value in South Asian Indian traditions. I'm like, this makes me so happy. Right. And that like pushes me forward. And I always think like, you have to kind of like, be happy with yourself and where you are in the sense that like, I was very secure that like, I never predicted maybe that the company would grow at this level or the way that it has, but I always knew and believed that it could be something. And I'm not going to say that everybody thought that about me, but I thought that. And I think that's what you have to hold on right. to. Like, oh my gosh, like I'm literally working, you know, to the bone and I'm getting like crap sales and whatever, which is all like happened to me before. And, but I'm still going because I know in my heart that this thing is bigger Maybe other people don't think that totally. like if you have that vision, then you're going to and then be happy at every point. Like I've always been like, whether I have an order a hundred or a thousand, I'm happy. I don't need a thousand one. I'm I love this. This is like my therapy for myself. I needed to hear. I need to hear this sometimes. I, I think exact same way as do I, as you like just I'm enjoying this each point I'm at. I'm, I'm sure people think this is whatever, but I just. It's just, I know I want to grow and I will in whatever way, whatever time it takes. You're going to get a compliment that's like, oh my God, look how far you've come. And you're going to be like, oh, okay. Interesting. Like, yeah, I guess I have. Yeah. Yeah. And that's slowly starting to happen. Right. I think also Michelle, knowing you, and I know this, this word is overused, but it's the only word I can think of right now. You are authentic and so on social media. You are you. It doesn't feel fake. It doesn't feel pushed. It doesn't feel like, oh, look at me. And I, I don't know. It just, it's you. And it, I mean, that shows. And I think that makes a big difference. I mean, I, actually, it makes all the difference in terms of like well, how people feel towards the brand and the comments. And like, you are being exactly who you would be if I met you in person. Well, I love that. And it's, this is a, another topic for another day too, because. I very much struggled right. with social media a lot. Like, oh God! That was Can like you help me through it. I'm the I worst. Mean, dude, we should have like a whole like I I could tell you everything that I learned and all the mistakes that I made. But like I started out, I had a social media manager, and I had someone. I didn't do any social media stuff. Like I just like came up with the picture and approved the caption, and that was even before stories came out. But even when stories happened, like I didn't want to do any of it, and I had to like come to terms with what my insecurities were about it. And then four years later, I finally hit a stride and people are like, oh my God, I love your content. And I just think I like figured it out after struggling for so long. And a lot of that struggle was just like me. I was so insecure about it. 
Okay, guys, I am seriously looking at her site right now, trying to figure out all the stuff I'm going to get because I feel like getting it all. Uh, Her site is ranavat.com, R-A-N-A-V-A-T.com, and you can follow her on all the socials as well. Oh, the Common Bright Saffron Serum and Kanza Wand. Okay, I feel like I need all of this. This is amazing. And also, guys, stay tuned for our live IG coming up in a few days. Would love to have you join and make fun of me a little bit. As always, you can follow me at Tuckered.podcast, tuckeredoutwithummy.com. Rate and review on Apple, guys. I haven't asked for that, you know, in a couple weeks. And I figure it's the time to give, you know, holidays. Be nice. Thank you guys for listening. Love you. Thank you for your support. What a year this has been. I cannot believe it's almost over. This is Tuckered Out. Out.